Chapter 23, Flat as a Flitter. Opposite Fates. It was an idea so perfect, Blue couldn't believe he'd never thought of it before. What would happen if a winner and a loser worked together? Unfortunately, with his dad out of reach, Tumble and Blue needed a different pair of opposites to test their theory. That was why they volunteered to help the twins buy groceries the next afternoon. On the way into town, they shared the back seat of the twins' car with Howard, who'd come along after swearing he would commit murder if he had to pretend to get along with the other Montgomerys for one more minute. Have you, have you been pretending? Ida asked as Jenna turned the car onto Main Street. Wow, you're really bad at it. They're a bunch of backstabbing buzzards. Do you know someone's drawn a countdown on the shower curtain in one of the second floor bathrooms? I tried to wash it off, but it's in permanent marker. Another moon calendar? asked Blue. No. Howard spat the word. It's a countdown to when Ma Myrtle dies. I'm mad at her, but that's disgusting. What if she sees it? What if Granny Eve sees it? He kicked the back of Ida's seat. Howard! Most of these people don't even know her, or us. They've never bothered to talk to us before in their lives. Their grandparents went away, ran away from Murky Branch generations ago. And they're trashing our house, Jenna said grimly. Ida sighed. What do you two want to do about it? We've already, we're already spying on them and plotting against them. Are we supposed to poison their groceries too? She was joking, but Howard and Jenna didn't laugh. I'm pretty sure I'm not allowed to poison anyone, Tumble said. It's just one summer. Maybe only a few more days. We can do this, and then they'll be gone. Tumble and I've got an idea, said Blue, one that will make them be gone faster. He bumped Tumble's elbow. That's right, she said. It's a perfect plan. You're going to love it. It'll change your lives, Blue added. Jenna glanced at them in the rearview mirror. Oh, yeah? Well, if it's life-changing, save it for lunch. I'm starving. A moment later, she drove the car into the parking lot of Flats Restaurant. Wait! Howard's eyes widened. We're supposed to be going to the grocery store. It's one o'clock. I don't want to drive all that way on an empty stomach. She parked them beside a truck covered in mud and gone fishing bumper stickers. Howard sank so low into his seat, he looked like he was melting into the upholstery. Ida turned around in her seat. Howard, she said soothingly, Millie Flat's a nice girl. She won't bite. Just try not to embarrass us all the time, Romeo, said Jenna. Flat's restaurant smelled like pancakes and french fries. It had a checkered tile floor that squeaked against the soles of Blue's flip-flops, and oldies music was playing on the radio next to the cash register. Millie Flat was on duty, and by the time Howard slunk into the restaurant, she had already seated the rest of them at a corner booth and passed out giant laminated menus. The bell over the door tinkled as he came in, and Howard flinched like it was a siren. Howard! Goat's niece practically sang his name. She snatched the menu right out of Blue's hands and ran toward Howard, holding it out eagerly. But as soon as she reached him, red blotches spread across her cheeks, and she stopped talking, which was too bad because Howard wasn't talking either. That's so sweet, Ida whispered. But also annoying, said Jenna. We'll probably never get to order at this rate. When Howard and Millie finally made it back to the table, Tumble was laughing into her hand and Blue was pretending to stare very hard at his menu. Howard squeezed into the booth beside them. His forehead was sweating. Are you okay? Blue asked after Millie took their orders and left. What's this great idea of yours? Howard said in a croaky voice. It sounded important, really important. 
You're adorable, Jenna cooed. The look Howard shot at her would have withered grass. Our idea actually is really important, Tumble said. We know how to break your curse, Ida. Blue's cousin stared at her. Tell them, Blue. He took a deep breath. Have you ever noticed, he said, that a lot of the Montgomery fates are opposites? By the time Millie brought their lunches, Ida was as green as a swamp cake. Flat as a flitter and twice as tasty, Millie announced, sliding a stack of the famous pancakes towards Blue. Tumble wondered how much food coloring it took to turn that particular shade of lime. What's a flitter? she asked as Millie passed her a bottle of dressing for her salad. Um, a flat thing? Millie shrugged. My mama says it. She seemed to have recovered her voice, but when she gave Howard his plate, she spilled a few baked beans down the front of her apron. She squeaked in horror and disappeared so quickly that they didn't have time to ask for a refill on their drinks. Jenna leaned so far across the table that the tip of her long braid trailed through the gravy on the top of her mashed potatoes. Listen, she muttered to Blue, I know you're upset about your dad and being left here and being a, a long way from home, Ida said, her voice weak, but that's no reason to suggest that I, that we, gerbils are dangerous. They eat their wounded. Everyone knows that. Howard was looking thoughtfully down at his beans. It could work. No, it couldn't. It makes sense, Howard insisted. We should have thought of it years ago. Ida shook her head. I don't even want to talk about it. I don't want the gerbils to know. The gerbellion are at home in their habitats. Right now, Ida, Jenna said, annoyance creeping into her voice. They're not going to get you. Ida pulled her knees to her chest as if she thought the gerbils might be scurrying around Flat's restaurant. They want to, though, she said darkly. They always want to. When you're not in the room, they line up along the glass and press their awful little paws against it, and they stare and stare and stare. Oh, they do not, said Jenna. The whole reason I have gerbils is that they're not aggressive, and I've been training these for ages. They haven't bitten you once. Tumble perched her fork on the edge of her plate. That's perfect. Don't you see? We have friendly trained gerbils who love you, Jenna. And we have Ida, who the friendly trained gerbils hate, Blue added. So if we put the two of you together... And then we make the gerbils choose whether to obey Jenna or snack on Ida. Someone has to lose, Tumble and Blue said together. The twins exchanged identical, doubtful frowns. Tumble decided it was time to sweeten the deal. And you've got to think about Mama Myrtle. She wants someone to impress her, right? To show they're brave enough and smart enough to make it in the swamp? Well, this would be really brave of you, Ida. And breaking your curse would prove you're smarter than any Montgomery ever. Blue and I won't take any credit. We'll say the idea was all yours. Howard was nodding now. Who cares about the stupid alligator, he said. If we could break our curses, we might not need to go into the swamp at all. What about Granny Eve, Jenna said. What if breaking one curse broke all of them, Howard countered. The words zinged through the air. Tumble Blue had already thought it, even though they were trying not to be too hopeful. Tumble nodded at Howard. Either way, she said, you won't lose... Blue cleared his throat. That's right, he said. Either the gerbils will have to be nice to you, Ida, or they'll have to disobey Jenna. Someone's fate is going to change, and that's something even Mom Myrtle can't ignore. I'll think about it, Ida whispered. Her voice was so quiet that they almost couldn't hear it over the sound of the radio. Howard snorted. What's there to think of? Eat your beans, Jenna snapped, sitting back in the booth and patting Ida on the arm. 
She promised to think about it. Then she pointed a spoon at Tumble and Blue. I'm in if Ida is, she said. But if my gerbils get hurt, I'll make sure every animal in the Okie Finoki knows I don't like you.